Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. of the tough. There's no doubt about that. I've seen United States Marines not only coast to coast, especially flooding into San Diego when they have R&R from Camp Pendleton, which is up north on the way to uh, Los Angeles, but also all along the East Coast with Fleet Week here, United States Marines with naval personnel as they wander about the city. And, of course, overseas, uh, when I was in uh, Bahrain, the largest naval base in all of the Persian Gulf and Middle East is right there. And I had an opportunity to see the power of the United States Navy and the Marines who were assigned to that uh, base there where the boats are berthed. But it was really, really bad news coming out of San Clemente. California, if you've ever been uh, rolling down towards San Diego and you go through Orange County, you go along the shore and San Clemente is absolutely drop dead gorgeous and those areas around there. San Clemente, remember, is where Richard Nixon fled uh, in order to avoid being impeached as president of the United States when Barry Goldwater from Arizona came and let him know that a number of Republican senators were going to vote to impeach him. It was best to get out now because of Watergate. And that's when uh, President Nixon, who grew up a Quaker, who loved California, ended up saying Americans got to know that their president is not a crook. Well, he was a crook like a lot of other U.S. presidents. He got on Marine One, uh, the helicopter, and then uh, he got on Air Force One. Cheryl Ford assumed the presidency, and Richard Nixon was flown back to his California coastal home in San Clemente. Eventually, he came to Saddle River on the East Coast, right in New Jersey, Bergen County, and passed away there. But the reason I'm talking San Clemente is that the United States Marines from Camp Pendleton when they have time off base, they'll go into San Diego, the Gaslight uh, District. They used to go down in force to Tijuana and Ensenada, uh, down in the Baja. I mean, it used to be packed with U.S. naval personnel and also Marines on R&R. Um, very rarely now, military has warned them and told them, absolutely, don't go down there wearing your uniform. And some of the uh, naval personnel Marines go down there. But who would have thought that they're out on the boardwalk in San Clemente 
three United States Marines off duty. And there are a bunch of thugs and thugettes firing fireworks. And they asked them to stop because one of the fireworks had hit one of the Marines. And this crowd of thugs and thugettes turned on the Marines. You've seen the video over and over and over. One Marine attacked a person who had shot a uh, Roman candle at him, grabbed that person, threw him to the ground. The crowd descended upon that Marine. They pummeled him. He was now in a fetal position, which that was his only choice to protect himself and especially his head. They were putting boots to his head. The other two Marines ran to his aid, as they always do, and they were knocked to the ground. I mean, there were dozens, dozens of thugs and thugettes. And you saw in the video all three of them getting stomped, kicked, punched, beaten, hit with all kinds of weapons. And eventually a black man and a black woman who maybe were related to them, I have no idea, got in between, stood over the Marines and said, enough, enough, enough. And, you know, all the uh, Orange County law enforcement uh, officials were saying, we're going to get them. And they better have gotten them, uh, or the Marines probably would have sent out a search party on their own, and they would have found these miscreants, these cretins with chromosome damage, these enemies of society. And they have now arrested nine And there's probably dozens more who participated. And then, naturally, there are always those who film it and then throw it up on their Instagram. Was that a horror or what, ladies and gentlemen? United States Marines being attacked by our own citizens, teenage thugs. Not in the streets of Los Angeles. Not in Compton, Watts, South Central, Ramparts. But in what is oftentimes beautiful, quite, uh, well, in the past, quite separate from even the violence that would plague Santa Ana in Orange County, which has a lot of Latino gangbangs. But this was so offensive. And it just marks the time. And it brings us to the other story of the United States Marine, which is ongoing. The hero, Daniel Penny. And I have, uh, as was brought to everyone's attention by Congressman Peter King, who vacillates between being my friend and my enemy, he gave me credit because I pointed out a few different times, as much as I've had differences with Bruce Blakeman, Nassau County Executive, he was heroic. He went into the belly of the beast last week outside of the Manhattan DA's office, Alvin Bragg, who turns loose criminals and prosecutes those defending themselves, like Jose Alba, you remember, at the bodega in Harlem, who had to flee to the Dominican Republic, was charged with murder, was housed on Rikers Island until the public rebelled. And then, of course, most recently, the hero Marine Daniel Penny, who took down Neely on that F train at 2.30 in the afternoon, who had been living in the subway for months, who had all kinds of mental issues. He was schizophrenic. He was bipolar. Then all of a sudden, a family emerges because he died as a result of being restrained by Daniel Penny and the two good Samaritans yet to be identified. But Al Slim Shady Sharpton is saying, hey, Bragg, you find them, those bad Samaritans, and you charge them with second-degree manslaughter. 
So with Black Lives Matter outside the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, Alvin Bragg, to give him support, Black Lives Matter, which has become uh, bought large mansions or big large mansions, it was supporting Alvin Bragg for arresting the hero Marine Daniel Penny and charging him with second-degree manslaughter. And so Bruce Blakeman assembled supporters from Nassau County and Queens. Vicki Palladino, the city councilwoman, joined him. And they were being shouted down, and there were physical scuffles. As Black Lives Matter, better known now as bought large mansions, didn't want to hear anything of it. But Bruce Blakeman was absolutely spot on. Daniel Penny is a Marine. He is a hero. He is somebody that was a good Samaritan and jumped to the cause of making this city a safer place. That was great. They had to cut that rally short because obviously um, Black Lives Matter rules the streets of New York City. Now big, large mansions. Remember, it was Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, when he was the Brooklyn Borough president in the summer of March of 2020, the start of the lockdown that bled right into the hot days where there was rioting, shooting, and looting. Who every day was out there wearing his Black Lives Matter T-shirt with who? Oh, his very dear friend, Bill de Blasio. All they were doing is painting Black Lives Matter signs on the streets of the five boroughs. How quickly people forget that. And you know what? Eric Adams wants you to forget it because like all politicians, Democrats or Republicans, he believes you're all stu not. You're stupid. You don't remember what happened five seconds ago, five minutes ago, five days ago, five weeks ago, five months ago, five years ago. I will never forget. And neither should you. When he wore the Black Lives Matter T-shirts and he was painting BLM all over the streets in New York City with his very dear friend, Bill de Blasio. And then recently, to add insult to injury, Daniel Penny has been sued. That's right. The estate of Neely, through his aunt, has contracted a law firm to sue Daniel Penny, the hero Marine, for every nickel, dime, and penny he's got. And whatever is left of the legal defense fund, which right now, based on the generosity of so many of you, is at $3 million. Uh, Here is the uh, attorney for the estate of Neely. Jordan loved Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson wrote a song that says, uh, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. And and I'm asking him to change his ways. And I'm saying that 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 song talks about looking at ourselves, at our city, and looking at that reflection and asking ourselves, do we like what we see? Do we like how we treat one another? Do we like how we judge one another? And the bottom line is, this story says we can't answer yes to that. We cannot answer yes. We have to look at the changes that need to be made from the top down. So according to this liar for hire and his heckle and jekyll legal partner, suing Daniel Penny is the right thing to do. Secondarily, finding family members who have been missing in action for nearly all during his trauma, his mental problems, and enriching them and enriching themselves. This is part of a pattern we see in America today. Hero Marines attacked on the boardwalk of San Clemente by a mob of thugs. Daniel Penny arrested and charged with second-degree manslaughter. 
for bravely taking down Neely, who was having a psychotic reaction with the two good Samaritans. And he not only is being prosecuted, he's being sued. And who are they making references to? The pedophile on a pedestal, Michael Jackson. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. I have one thing to say. You better work. Out of the uh, Paul family, Ron Paul, the father, Rand Paul, the senator, and of course there is RuPaul of uh, Drag Race fame, the number one. There's no other way to describe a drag queen in America. He's been doing this for years. What's wrong with his microphone? It's like it's it's got a little bit of blowback here, but we'll work through it, Lou. Oh man. Man, what the hell is going on? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I was on with uh, Sid Rosenberg earlier this morning at 7.05. I'm now with him five mornings a week at 7.05. Remember, it started just as one morning, 7.05, and then I was voted off of Team Sid because I was a fiend and a foe and almost uh, expelled, but it was Bo Tito's vote. In the commission, they kept me on, and I've been uh, taking on more and more mornings ever since. Five mornings a week, 7.05. And earlier today, said at the start of his show at 6 o'clock, the peacock that he is, the I and me guy, it's all about him, couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong. It's a very, very busy Wednesday. This, and I say this every now and then, maybe often, I don't know, but I do say it, today has the potential to be the best show this station has had in, uh, well, since my show yesterday. Oh. Yeah. And that's a long time, bro. That is. It's a lot of shows and lots of hours. Lots has happened since yesterday. Oh, so much has happened, yes. A lot has happened. And we're going to discuss all of it. Let me tell you something, Sid. Can't listen at night, 12 midnight to 1. Monday through Fridays, that's Dominic Carter. He is the most improved, bar none, of our many talk show hosts here at WABC. Host or hostess. In fact, you saw on Memorial Day on Monday. He substituted for Brian Kilmeade. He did two hours, 10 to 12. I wouldn't let him substitute for me. I might not get the rip and read back 12 to 1. So I stood here before running off to the Little Neck Douglaston uh, Memorial Day Parade, the last in the city, to end the cycle. And yet, he was also here for Greg Kelly, one to three. He is really on fire. Uh, he is talking about personal issues that most, most talk show hosts and hostess never delve into. And that's why they remain at a certain level. They'll never go beyond that. They don't understand this is the most intimate form of communication that has ever been created. Marconi, the Italian, like me, I believe that, or Tesla, the Serbian. Anyway, when it comes to the whole issue with transgenders, which everyone is fascinated with, nobody has done it better than our own Dominic Carter. Well, let's go to Diana in Manhattan. Good morning, Diana. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
I'm so disappointed in you, Dominic. I mean, you know, transgender folk are as human as anyone else. And 100 years ago, if an African-American had advertised a beer, white people would have said, I'm not drinking that beer. You know, the N-word, they drink that beer. But we've grown beyond that. And we have to grow beyond prejudice against sexual minorities. Don't you think? Well, that the audience went nuts that this Diana transgender would compare the transgender movement of today, which is everywhere, with the civil rights movement of the 50s and the 60s. And then Dominic Carter continued on with his transgender caller, Diana. I agree with you, but, but Diana, what, what are you disappointed in me about? Because you seem to be happy that uh, Bud Light has lost its status because it was advertised by a transgender influencer. I'm transgender. I mean, we're as human as you are, you know? Right. So here it is. They're starting to engage. Soon they're going to become like two scorpions in a brandy glass. A heterosexual Dominic, I think. Wait till you hear what he has to say. And the homosexual, now transgender, Diana. Well, here they go, round three. Everybody, everybody's human. Uh, if you listen to this program, Diana, uh, the fact that, that you're transgender is, is not new to me. I have transgender people call me all the time. I grew up around a few transgender people, and in my young adulthood, I was around transgender people. So it's something I've been to gay bars. I understand the lifestyle. I get Excuse it. Excuse me. In other words, some of your best friends are. I see. Well, well. Did you did you hear that? Dominic Carter revealing to all of us some of his best friends are transgenders. He's been to gay bars. Do we think he may have experimented? Wait, whoa, whoa, you gotta listen to the podcast. In fact, I suggest you listen to the live broadcast Monday through Fridays, twelve midnight to one. He's the fastest improving talk show host or hostess here at WABC Bar None. Because he takes on every topic. And he's getting very personal about these things in a way that no other talk show host or hostess here would. And it isn't all about just I and me. As Dominic Carter continues round four with the transgender Diana. I'm supposed to say to my granddaughter, as she starts getting a little older, one more time, please. There are some people who are assigned one gender at birth but are, in fact, the other gender and choose to live as the other gender. And that's why these bathing suits are labeled the way they are. You got right. And that may be acceptable to, to me as a, as a grown man, but a child is supposed to understand that. Diana, you don't think that a child is going to be left confused if, at that? If children can read horrifying fairy tales about witches throwing kids into ovens, I think they can accept this. That enraged the audience even more. The callers were livid. But if you notice, Dominic knew exactly the right questions to ask in a manner that was respectful of Diana so she wouldn't just hang up or feel she wasn't getting equal time. What you do is you let people talk. And boy, she, in her mindset, when you walk through the aisles of Target and you see a female swimsuit, with a pouch, you know, for a crotch. 
instead of what we're used to seeing with female bathing suits. And then she justifies that and doesn't feel it would be a problem if children were to see that and say, Mommy, Daddy, what is that? What is that? Now you're getting to the heart of the matter. Nobody else here at WABC has been able to do that. It's peeling back the layers as if it's an artichoke, going right into the heart of the issue because Dominic kept the transgender Diana on so we could learn more. Because as you can see, she's highly educated, she's well-spoken, and Dominic gave her the time to express herself, unlike other talk show hosts and hostesses here who would have introduced her to Mr. Click. What about being gender fluid? What's wrong with her? I don't even know what gender fluid is. To be honest with you, what you just described, that's being gender fluid. And and you're telling me, Diana, that people are support with Diana, with all due respect, you're telling me with a straight face that people are supposed to accept this. Yes. Straight up. Trent flu. Play that again. I'm, I'm even confused. And at least Dominic wasn't being politically correct. He was saying. He's confused about this fluidity of sexuality. I forget the term that Diana uses and the transgenders use. Well, why not be honest? We are all confused when they use this terminology, and we cannot let that dominate the discussion. What about being gender fluid? What's wrong with her? I don't even know what gender fluid is, to be honest with you. What you just described, that's being gender fluid. And and you're telling me, Diana, that people are support with us, Diana, with all due respect, you're telling me with a straight face that people are supposed to accept this? Yes. Straight face, yes. Gender fluidity. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you realize what that means. That means today Diana identifies as a transgender. I would have asked one more question. I would have gone beyond Dominic. He's too much of a gentleman. Lou, I would have asked her if she has her knife, spoon, and a fork, her three-piece set. You know, like Dylan Mulvaney, right? The transgender who has decided that she needs a pouch to hold on to her knife, spoon, and fork. But Dominic, true to being the gentleman that he is, did not go there, but he continued the conversation he did not let Diana, the transgender, off the hook. America is just not ready for this. It, it's they not will get ready. No, and, and so and so and so the transgender community is going to make us ready, whether we're just ready or not. The civil rights community made the world ready for civil rights. Oh my God, that was <laughs> the blowback again. The callers that followed was saying, how dare she compare that to the civil rights struggle of African-Americans in America? How dare she? Oh, this is must-listen-to radio, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, When I first listened to Dominic Carter, when he came over to the old WABC, he was still thinking of himself as a TV broadcaster, like many of our colleagues do here. You know, radio is a side hustle. They're always talking TV, TV, TV. You get more listeners here on WABC than you would on any news talk station program. Any. And people who do radio as a side hustle, it's obvious in the product that they put out on the radio. It's not in-depth. It's not personal. It's not intimate. 
It's ephemeral. It's on the periphery. They're constantly talking about their their TV uh, programs or their appearances. At some point, at some point, a light bulb went off for Dominic Carter. I had many conversations with him. I said, Dominic, you're not going back to TV. You're a radio talk show host. You must act like a radio talk show host and become the best that you can be. As you know, we've discussed mental health issues this month. He's the expert here at WABC. He wrote a book on that. His mother was in psychiatric facilities. She abused him. He had a visitor in psychiatric facilities. He's been able to tell the story of what that's like so you could understand maybe what a Neely was going through, schizophrenic, bipolar, all of that. Imagine, it's your mother. But here with the transgender Diana, respectful, but maybe the best interviewer we have here at WABC bar none because he doesn't let him off the hook. He keeps him there until he gets answers to the questions that all of you have because you're just as confused as I am, as Dominic indicated he was, about being gender fluid. Diana, before I let you go, so you said you're transgender. It, yeah. what, what else is it that you want people to know? Because, again, I, I make no bones about it. I am glad that Bud Light has lost uh it's it's a uh, base because I guarantee you right now the the corporate heads are shaking in their boots on how they're going to keep their jobs going forward because they they touched what amounts to be a third rail for the American people. Let me tell you something. I'm submitting this interview with Diana, the transgender for a Marconi Award. There's been no better interview involving a transgender than what Dominic just achieved last night. And he's done it before. Oh, They almost never are able to explain because they're shut down. He makes them feel so comfortable that they express themselves. It may be something we don't like, but at least we understand the thinking. For instance, he had a caller call up, a guy named Nick, who came off of that conversation with Diana and told a story that was amusing, entertaining, but also perplexing. I want you to stay in contact with me, because as these issues arise... I, I love I, your I, show. I, I, well, I, I love you. your show. And I, and, I love, and I love you, Diana. We just respectfully disagree. Oh, boy. I don't know, uh, I don't know how personal he is with Diana. I'm not going to go there. Let's just say... Love can be a strange thing from time to time. I never say I love any of my callers. I'm, I'm the complete opposite. He's like the Ernie Anastas, you know, of hosts, right? He loves everybody. But now here is the caller, Nick, that followed. Wait till you hear what Nick had to say. I did a transgender wedding last weekend. Um, I'm in the entertainment business. And I have to tell you, something happened at the wedding that was really crazy. I went to the bathroom. I was using the bathroom. And a woman, or at least what I thought was a woman, came in to use the urinal next to me. And I didn't realize that the, the bathroom was a, a, a uh, commingled bathroom. And it totally freaked me out. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. And then I realized what was going on. <laughs> this is the world we live in. It's so confusing. And then, you know, I called her, you know, by, I called her her, and she got mad at me. 
So I, I was so confused. Okay, so you know, so wait, so wait. I hey Nick, I feel your pain. I feel I really yeah. feel your pain. <laughs> he feels his pain. Can you imagine his Nick the wedding singer? He's contracted to do a transgender wedding, no problem. He goes into uh what he thinks is the men's room, and there's a transgender next to him in the urinal, you know, doing his thing but claiming he's a woman, and then he says her, and then, oh, no, it's he, she, they, whatever. Boy, it's so confusing, right, gender fluid? Thank you, Dominic Carter, for entertaining us, giving us some great belly laughs, enlightening us about this transgender issue with your caller, Diana, who you were respectful to, you were insightful, you asked the right questions, and because you set the right tone, she answered honestly. That's deserving of a Marconi Award. I'm submitting it for that. Best interview of the year. And by the way, Sid Rosenberg, tough noogies. You were not the best program in 24 hours. The Dominic Carter show last night from 12 to 1, Monday through Fridays, was top shelf five star. Nobody touched him yesterday. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. There's been continued fallout from the graduation of the law school students at CCNY. People uh, of today don't realize that years ago there was Dr. Leonard Jeffries who uh, was head of black studies for the city university and was the uncle of Hakeem Jeffries, soon to be the speaker when the Democrats are in the majority of the House, who seems to be suffering Joe Biden dementia when uh, he's asked about his uncle, the most virulent anti-Semite ever to exist in New York City. We'll get to that tomorrow because that was uh, in the era of Rudy Giuliani. And Herman Badillo, who was appointed to the CUNY board, who went to war with Dr. Leonard Jeffries. By the way, and uh, Eric Adams, the mayor now, uh, supported Dr. Leonard Jeffries. Yeah, yeah, attacked Herman Badillo, said, why'd you marry Irma, a white Jew? You should have married one of your own, a Latina. How despicable. But, hey, his complexion is his protection, right? Especially when it comes to Peter King, who is and once again proves to be the number one Eric Adams Republican, making excuses for him every step of the way. By the way, speaking of the city, let me put in a good word for your friend Eric Adams. Not that I have to, but I had texted him the other day about that the horrible woman who spoke at the CUNY Law School yeah. uh, uh, graduation and yeah. Eric Adams got back to me right away. How terrible this is! How he's against it. And you know, it's easy for you and I to uh, criticize uh, you know, speakers like that. But when you're in the Democratic Party today, I mean, uh, Eric Adams is really among a pack of uh, vultures in there. And for him to speak out the way he does, he, he really deserves more credit. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at it. He's just kissing up to him. He kisses his black tukas again. Peter King's lips are sealed to Eric Adams. Tuchus, duper, what is it with this guy? Meantime, our own Sid Rosenberg, 
Apparently couldn't uh, figure out who Curtis Sliwa was. Oh, yeah, even though I'm on now with him every morning, 7.05. We are um, we're skipping right along here, uh, Lewis. Tremendous show today. Tremendous, no? Tremendous. You just almost call him Curtis. I almost called him Curtis. That would have been, that you know why? Because Nor- made him Norman Seabrook mentioned Curtis Martin this morning. <laughs> and I'm still thinking about Curtis yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Curtis a nice... Martin, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to be pimp-slapping him tomorrow morning, 7.05. We'll talk about Curtis Martin. We'll talk about Curtis Blow and how typically black guys are birthed and named Curtis. I'm an anomaly. But then there was General Curtis LeMay. Remember when he said, let's bomb him back to the Stone Age? Oh, you don't want to miss it tomorrow morning. As I pimp-slap Sid Rosenberg, who couldn't tell the difference. Between the great running back, Curtis Martin, and yours truly, Curtis Sliwa.